well, that goes, what I, that's what I tell you. You know, whatever, everybody, a lot of, John, let me tell you, a lot of people talk the talk, but few walk the walk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, what are you going to do when, when times get tough, right? How many people can you count on for a phone call? You've been through tough times. How many tough times, you that's know? That's a good topic. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. What do that. you count on? That's right. Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another edition of the Jersey Alchemist. And I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. You are. John, I got to tell you, I'm looking at the screen now, and I'm looking at that. Those shirts, your arms are getting a little, uh, little buff there, pal. Let me tell you what did it. I like it. Let me tell you what With, did it, brother. Okay. It's okay. Um, you know, never, you know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses, no pun intended, you know, in the gym, and we are in our 60s, Ouch. but I refuse to go into that sweet good night quietly <laughs> or gently. I won't do it. So, um, yeah. I, uh, no, I just, no, you know what? Just a, a, a thought came into my head. Remind me to get back to that. Tough but, times. But no, I you know I just I was always a I was always kind of a an impressive bench presser. That's just how I'm built. I think I mentioned this before, mm -hmm. and I was okay with squats, not very good with deadlifts, but shitty with curls. I was not the guy that had the guns, the big guns. I just. You know, a lot of my friends had these big wide biceps that were the showy muscles you know they look great on the beach but it took until two months ago that i was flipping through youtube and i see some guy you know a guy who's got like you know one percent body fat and he's going one hey yeah one of those he goes hey you know are you the guy that can't get your biceps up that kind of thing you know do you have impotent biceps yeah it's me. Why? <laughs> He's looking at me. Well, you know, it's because you don't do pull-ups. And now I'm thinking, oh, fuck. There goes that. How, how's a fat ass that's in his 60s that's 230 pounds and I really should be 190? The charts would still call me overweight if I was 190. I'm 5'10". How am I going to do pull-ups? I'm not Dave Goggins. That's for damn sure. So I says, all right, okay. I'm at the gym, my friend Mike, you guys all met Mike, I'm, right. I'm at his gym three days a week, I'm going to start incorporating pull-ups, and I did, and you know what, it was kind of embarrassing, but I could barely do one full pull-up from, from a high bar, but I'm proud to say now I'm doing four sets of seven, Jeez. and guess what, it changed my biceps. I'm, I'm, it did. I may walk off the set today when you just said that. Yeah, four Be sets of seven. Because I've never, I've never done a pull up in my life. Okay, I've never done a pull up. I have too much junk in the trunk, and I cannot. I mean, one time I took a running start and I jumped and pulled. I don't know if that would count in any competition, <laughs> but uh, as I, I think I, I barely like you know my nose kind of got close to it the bar, but I cannot do. And I've, and I've been at my strongest where I've had, you know, lat pull-downs to the front, uh, the stack, step, put five dumbbells on top of there. Like, you know, I could really pull some weight. Yeah. But my fat ass. 
Well, when's the last time you tried, you know? Try to pull up? Yeah. What, you have a pull-up bar? What decade is it? Don't, don't try year? to use one of those stupid bars that go between the, the threshold, you no. know, and the door jam because it'll fall off and you'll crack your head. No, I'm going to, uh, maybe I should, I don't know, put something out in the backyard maybe. I'll go grab a branch yeah. on a tree. But I found out that as my chest is getting bigger, because it is, because I'm working out three days a week, and as my arms are getting bigger, so is my conzone, <laughs> so is my gut. It's like I, I'm, you know, it's like I'm carrying a baby around with me. John, you get a used to it. A three-year-old baby. You get used to it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't give a fuck anymore. Uh, Where am I going? Listen, as long as you're moving. At our age, you have to keep moving. Well, that's it. You know, don't and Dave, stop and Dave Goggins, God bless him, would, would, he would look, I'm sure he would look at me and say, listen, buddy. Because I saw him on a, on a Joe Rogan episode the other day where he said, you know, he goes, if you're that guy that, you know, was always a good bench presser, and every time you go into the gym, you're always bench pressing. He goes, what the hell are you doing? He goes, you're not learning anything about yourself. He goes, you got to mix it up. He goes, you got to challenge yourself. So what I did was I said, okay, probably my worst movement would be a pull-up. I could barely get one rep. Son of a bitch. So I can't wait for the day where I can do sets of 10. And I'm hoping that, you know, by midsummer I'll be able to do sets of 10. I think I got to lose some weight, too, to do that. The first time you grabbed a barbell to bench press, how much did you do the first time? The very first time I ever, ever, ever touched a weight, I was at the Cedar Grove pool, and there was a... There were three rooms. There was the front office, there was the lifeguard's room where the first aid cabinet was, and then there was kind of like a back changing room where the furnace was and whatnot. And somebody, I think it was my brother who bought in one of those shitty rickety home bench presses oh. where we had nails that stuck into the oh, yeah. into the stanchions. Sure, sure. And we had, you know, those old um, Remember the concrete filled plastic, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Dan Laurie was Dan Laurie. That's right. I, I couldn't. Lurie that's right. Yeah. I, it was crappy. And I, and I think so. I didn't know what I was doing. So I, I, I was doing curls with, I think I had, I don't know, 10 pounds on each side of that bar. And the bar must have weighed, what, 20 pounds tops? It wasn't an Olympic bar, yeah, yeah. right? With swivels on it. No, it was just, a, just a, an iron rod. And, um, that and then I did a couple of bench presses. I tried to put the ball. I had no idea what I was doing, and did I like it? No. I thought it was uncomfortable, and uh, you know I I don't think I did anything like that again for another six months. I was 15 years old. Wow. I touched the bar at freshman year in high school, Cedar Grove High School. The bar weighed what? 45 pounds. An Olympic bar is right. 45. Pounds. It was just the bar. Yeah. And I think it took me about. I would say conservatively four to six minutes to get it up because you know back then because <laughs> back no I'm telling you it was 45 pounds and I I got it I pushed it up one time and I'm like I think I need some work I was born listen I, I, I was I'm this close to being considered a jellyfish you know what I mean like no, well, wait a minute Do no muscle to, tone I'm, I'm gonna tell the viewers how you earned one of your nicknames oh, back in the day. Uh, Remember the nickname? No. Forearms Phil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, Forearms Phil. Yeah. We, I can't remember what team we played in high school football. We were on the varsity football I team. I think it was Mountain Lakes. 
mountain lakes, yeah. well, those motherfuckers, they were so tricky and so good. They weren't tougher than anybody else. They were just, they were easily way better coached than everybody else. Those guys ran traps and misdirection. You didn't know who the hell had the football. It was like, you know what, it's like, it was like playing the Russians in hockey. The Russians would see circles around you and the guy without the puck would put the puck in the mm -hmm. net, right? And so, so, and they had that one guy that was a running back. His name was Chris. I remember his last name. And he, nobody could catch that guy. And it wasn't that he... was that a track he, star, too. Yeah, it wasn't that he was such, a, a, you know, had such blinding speed. You just couldn't put a hand on the guy at all. And then I remember looking at his legs after we were uh -huh. shaking, shaking hands after they fucking killed us. Yeah. And I, I saw a pair of, you know, professional Division One legs standing next to mine. And I'm looking at my legs and looking at his. And his each of his legs were two of mine. And I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But we did the game films, I think, on Monday with the coach. And, and Phil came across that line at the snap of the ball and just... It was slow motion, and he just crushed somebody with his with a forearm. I mean, crushed him. It's like, it was like when Deontay Wilder hit Tyson Fury with that yeah. knockdown punch, yeah. and the ripples went through that kid, and his head kind of went back into his shell like a turtle, and he went down, and you just you just you just locomotive right through him, okay. and and. The coach, who I didn't like at the time, yeah, he right. kept he kept pointing to, and everybody was laughing hysterically. And that was the day you became forearms Phil. But do you remember? I tell that story to this day for the for the exact reason. Do you remember the rest of that film? That that no. that. Well, so here I am. So John's correct. I was defensive tackle, the offensive tackle on the other side. I just you know back then you could hit people to the head. In football. Yeah. So I throw a forearm because, of course, I was, like, padded up. <laughs> he goes down like a, a like, boom. I'm like, I was even shocked that it happened, okay? So he goes down. I literally stepped on his back going over him. And who's there? The guy John's talking about, that guy Chris. Now, the coach played that back and forth. Yeah. Look at look at D'Angelo. Look at D'Angelo. Bam, the kid goes down. He goes, now keep watching D'Angelo. I get over that guy, step over him, and it's me and that guy, Chris, who, with the big legs, right? So, of course, I lunge at the guy, and that big leg comes up, hits me in the helmet. <laughs> I, I go rolling to the side, and he steps over my back to get, I think he went for 10 yards. Yeah. So, yeah, the first part of that story was great, but I'm man enough to say the second part of that story wow. Isn't that's, so great. That's that's very funny. Uh, I can't they, you remember they that. were yeah. always the champions. They, you know, they they, they kicked the crap out of everybody. Yeah, they were good. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that was good. So, John, what you want? You brought up tough times. Oh, before. you know what? We were talking about going to the gym for a sec. Yeah. And then yeah. I got distracted because, yeah. oh, God bless them. Did you see that video on the internet of the woman that was? Attempting to do a 400-pound squat. Oh my gosh! And it, this was in Mexico oh City gosh. in a gym. Apparently, the rumor was, and I, that's why we say apparently, because we're not sure that she was a you know, bodybuilder. Okay, her daughter was there with her. Her daughter looked like maybe she was, you know, pre-teens or you know, early teens. And there was some kind of a you know heavy guy that was supposed to be spotting her, and she's in a Smith machine. 
The Smith machine is a gizmo where the bar is on kind of like a, a greased track. So it, it's just a little bit more stable, whatnot. But she had a bench. She had a bench, like a freestanding bench in front of her. And the Smith machine usually is on a bit of an angle. And for some reason, I could see the mismatch immediately. I can't squat. I couldn't begin to squat 400 pounds. Even back in the day, 400 pounds, when I was benching 400 pounds, my best squat was 400 pounds. This lady, this small woman was gonna squat 400 pounds and she stood up with it. And it just came down like a guillotine and squashed her and broke her neck because the, because was the, bench, bench, the bench was in front of her. Everything that was done was done ass backwards. Like if you were to script how somebody could kill themselves in the gym, that's what they did. And that's where my mind went. It just wow. came up and I yeah. thought, oh, mother of it's God. A horrible video. Poor woman, poor poor daughter, poor, poor all of them. What were they thinking? And you can't squat, you can't, you can't, uh, spot somebody from the side from, from the side in a Smith machine. You really can't. Not with 400 pounds no, on the bar. No, you can't. No, no. The correct positions behind that person because they couldn't yeah. lift the bar up. without the bench in front of them. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, Ooh. Was instant carnage. That was not good. Yeah. Oh, how horrible. And for her daughter to watch it too. Yeah, right in front of her daughter. Yeah. What yeah. the hell were they all thinking? Yeah. So tough times. Yes. Let's talk about tough times. Who sticks around in tough times? Who can you count on in tough times? Who can you count on? Think about that. For everybody out there, think about the tough times you've been through. Think about the tough times where you thought you had nobody to uh, to turn to. You know, Who was that one phone call? Kind of reminds me of Tony Bennett. Tony Who Bennett. Who can I turn to? Right? When nobody needs me. Sure. sure. Um, Talk about lonely. Um, you know, I know for a man, John, uh, you know, pride gets in the way. A lot yeah. of times when I needed, you know, thought I had nowhere to go, you're almost embarrassed to pick up the phone and say, listen, I need help. It's like asking for directions, right, a guy? I need help. I, to this day, I can't do it. And if I need help, and I ask somebody, I mean, I really need help. Well, I guess there are those who squawk and sound off immediately. You know, it's like the person that cries wolf, right? Yeah. And then there are those who kind of recede silently back into the confines of their own cranium. And uh, the last thing they're going to do is ask somebody for help. Yeah. If you don't hear from me, chances are I'm in a bad way. If you're like somebody I talk to, cousins, friends, a family member, and you don't hear from me, that means something's going wrong. So you're kind of turning. Uh, you go in, I used yeah. to call it going in the cave. I'm going back yeah. into the cave. Yeah. I feel safe there. I have to figure out how I'm going to get out of this issue, this problem. Uh, what can I do? I mean, you know, I just right. gather my thoughts. So I just go and uh, I re just, I feel protected. I feel like, you know, nobody can hurt me right here. How am I going to move, get out of this cave now? Right. You know, I mean, who do you call? I mean, you can call for professional help. Yeah. 
you know, if it's something like a marriage, maybe a relationship, you can call a counselor, talk to a counselor. I mean, there's always a lawyer if it's a legal issue, um, you know, a, a bank if it's financial. Right. Now, I, I immediately know where I'm going to take this. And a lot of people are not going to be able to relate. Nevertheless, to break the ceiling on who can you turn to, to break that ceiling, to gain awareness, to entertain, educate, elevate. All of us, you know, if we think about it in, in strict third dimensional ways, it's trying to depend on your bud, your next door neighbor, your, your spouse. For a lot of us, that's a real, that's a, that's a, that's a nothing burger. Not for, not for a lot of people. You got your spouses and you're, and you're like this. That's wonderful. Uh, can you depend on your kids? Probably not. No. Then dad becomes a burden, right? Yeah. So all of the third dimensional, you know, uh, first up go-tos, they can work to get you in and out of your jams day in and day out, and, and that's all a good thing. But let me tell you what's happened to me over the years. All of us have spirit guides. We have spirit guides, spirit spirit guides, and then we have animal spirit guides. Okay. Uh, then we have something that can be construed as a spirit guide, but it's called our higher self. Have you ever heard that term, your higher or my higher self? Okay. There's a concept that our eternal essence, our eternal soul, really stays on the other side. And a portion of us, a fractal of us, will come here in that chariot of fire, in that Merkaba that's, in, that's placed in the center of our chest. It's our God center. We've talked about how the God center in the chariot of fire is really a spiritual fire that the human eyes can't see. And it struggles every day against the ego that we're all born with. And the ego is the seat of the will of man. And it's also the father of fear. That higher self is accessible to you. You have to start regarding it. You have to start talking to it. Now, most people who are strict third dimensionalists would say, hey, you know, that's so-and-so from down the street. Do you ever see him talking to himself? What is he, a psychopath? Does he belong in some asylum somewhere? On occasion, I've been known to talk to myself. Mm -hmm. It's usually it's usually not you know outside when other people can see me or hear me. But I'll talk to myself when I'm puttering around my house, and apparently, you're bouncing things off of yourself, your higher self, not your lower self, your higher self, and your higher self is that connection that you have with the other side. Now, how do I? How through the years has my higher self evolved regarding 
communicating with me. What I'm about to tell you is not a joke. I've run into other people who are like me, and maybe some of you viewers out there, leave a comment. Yes, and you can you can get jokey with me, and you can, you know, you know, you can make a few wisecracks. But here's how my higher self communicates with me. When I think of something, and it's a bit of a horn lock or a friction point, and I think of the right thing to do, my visual field starts to sparkle with blue. Not a joke. It sparkles with blue. If I'm talking to someone and they say something to me and it registers in my subconscious and it seems to be the truth or it seems to be something helpful or it seems to be something to rely upon, that person will have blue sparkles come up all around them. They don't stay. They just pulse. It's like they pulse. Boop, 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 boop. Not a joke. It's kind of like a uh, kind of like a crystalline metallic blue. It's not a dark blue like uh, navy blue. It's more of a turquoise blue. And for what it's worth, my birthstone is turquoise. I'm a Sagittarius. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I looked it up. I spoke. I've spoken to masters. I've spoken to psychics and mediums. I've prayed on this. I do channel the saints, and the one. The one entity that I am always able to rely on, and you are no different, is my higher self. And sometimes my higher self goes into hiding, and I kind of wonder where, where it is, and I'll be like, hmm, where are you? I haven't seen you in weeks. And then there are other times when it's there uh, in and out every single day for months on end. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. And that's when I know, you know, there's something bigger than what's just in front of our nose. And I am not different than you all. You just need to work it. You need to work it. You need to exercise it. You need to buy into it. You need to believe it. So, John, on your spiritual side, I get it. Reach out to that higher power. Mm -hmm. um, give you, maybe point you in what direction to do. Or tell you everything's going to be okay, settle right. you down so you don't go start stressing because stress is the worst thing in the world. Right. All right. So that's your 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 spiritual side. Mm -hmm. How about your your earthly your yeah third, your three dimensional third dimensional uh, side go tos? I mean, is there like um, I mean, your father maybe was when he was alive was he your go to guy or was there... my father my father my father wasn't my spiritual mentor. My father was my 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 wise wisdom mentor my father had wisdom dripping off of him which he did my mother absolutely not that was was it because she wasn't a wise woman no she was she was such like an over the top like far gone empath that if i if she was almost useless to me if I asked her for advice, if I asked her for advice, she'd say the same thing. She'd go, oh, don't do that. Mom, I didn't come to you for empathy or sympathy. I'm asking you, tell me what you think. Would you please listen to me? I can remember I was, I was, 
pediatric surgeon in the Department of Surgery where, where I was working for years. And my mom and dad came up to visit because my father needed an MRI. He needed to look at something in his abdomen. He, he, had, he had a cyst on his pancreas that turned out to be benign, nothing. But a friend of mine who was the chairperson at the time was a pancreatic surgeon, and he, he was seeing my dad. And in front of the entire Department of Surgery, that's the other physicians, the nurses, the, the, the secretarial staff. Oh, Mrs. Gallucci, oh, we, oh, we enjoy working with, uh, with your son so much. Oh, I'm nice. And she starts doing this and primping yeah, me yeah, and giving yeah, me yeah. the cheek pinch. And I was like, Mom, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in my 50s. Would yeah. you get over it? You know, so my mom was yeah. not to be relied upon if I needed wisdom or advice or, or holy shit, I'm on the parkway with a flat tire. Mm. My father, you know, I could call him up, you know, and he always had the right path for me. He really did. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. That's, uh, that's very fortunate and lucky to have somebody like that. I had um, an uncle who I could go to with almost anything, you know, and... And just a few words of advice, sometimes even if it wasn't so much advice, mm -hmm. but as long as he was coming back with something and you yeah. bounce ideas off, it kind of made me feel a little better about a situation. Say, okay, I appreciate that. Right. Um, you know, money-wise, John, you ever try and ask people for money? I mean, let me tell you something. If anybody's Have been I in that position, people for, I mean, because you were desperate, right? So I've been in yeah, that position. No, I, I've been in that position, landlords calling you, you know, uh, listen, I've been in a lot of tight spots financially over the years, and it's amazing how people get real tight, yeah. you know, when you start saying, listen, I need a small loan, like, all of a sudden, they challenge your character, Yeah. you know, like, you know, what do you, what do you mean you need, I'm not talking a tremendous amount of money either, right. you know, yeah. and I'm just so, well, what do you mean, you know, I've got bills and I got to do this, and I got that, you know. Right. Listen. No, I was, I was the guy who was targeted for years because. I wish yeah. I would have known that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have spoke up sooner. I was, I was a surgeon and, yeah. you know, and, um, and you, you know right away who's sincere. Yeah. You know who really, really is in a jam and that, you know. And they, they will immediately offer to pay you back and all that stuff. And, and um, yeah, so I was the guy that was targeted. And, and I, I was, um, our producer will tell you I was generous to a fault. Mm. But what I was going to say before um, about who can you turn to when, when, when life is, you know, life is a grind mm. and you're getting grinded and you need an ear and you need some advice, beware ye, the friends and relatives that can't wait. They uh -huh. secretly can't wait for you to be um, fucked up. They can't wait for you to be with your back against the wall. They can't wait for you to, um, to present yourself when the chips are down and they'll run in. And they'll sit there and they'll suck it all out of you. And do they offer you any sound advice? Mm. No. What they do is they drink up your energy. They're energy vampires. 
All they want you to do is to opine and opine and opine and whine and complain and this happened and that happened and can you believe this is what she did to me and this is what this guy did. And they sit there like they're an empathetic ear. They're not. They're getting off on your dismay. Oh, those people are in my life. Wow. Yeah, those are... No oh, names God. named. No names, yeah. That that hurts more than anything, I'll tell you that one. And if after... It, yeah, you're right. And I just... Me, I'm sorry. I, no, I interrupted. No, and sometimes no. I get so excited about the thought sorry, that I interrupt go. and I apologize. Let it but go. There are those who... They not only do they get off on it, um, but they'll lead you down a merry path just to keep you in the muck and mire, mm. just to keep you in that fucked up place. And then and then they'll call you. You know, if you if you haven't talked to them in a week, they'll say, Oh, 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 I haven't heard from you. How so and so? Oh really? So now you got your fucking your garden spade, and you're trying to dig up the fucking same bones that we just had out for three hours on the phone last week because you can't fucking do without the fucking next episode of you know you know the the poor sucker. Yeah, I mean you got to be aware of those people. You have to be aware. So, I mean. You know, there's people, especially with finance, uh, financially. I mean, I even offered a tremendous uh, interest rate. Payback plan. Payback plan. Like, listen, I need this much, but I'm going to give you this much. And it's like your character never comes into play. I mean, like, you know, I I mean, come on. If I'm asking you, believe me, this is tough. And I I do need, you know, just a a temporary uh, fix to the solution. And, uh, you know, it just, it just, they either enjoy to watch you Sorry. wallow in the wind and, you know, uh, or forget about it, you know, brings back a lot of tough memories. But you know what, like we say, John, they're all character builders and, uh, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, yeah, no, I, I believe that as long as, as long as you have that moment, maybe it's an epiphany where you realize that there's a lesson to be learned, and then it makes you stronger. But if you just sink into the quicksand, you know, and you're constantly putting yourself into the hands of of, oh, yeah. of the assassins that are smiling at you, yeah. uh, then there's no then there's no forward forward motion. There's yeah. no movement. Nothing. Yeah, it's amazing. That's when I tell you it's funny. We should do an episode on on money and how it affects relationships. That would be a great episode because it does affect relationships. It does. Parents, kids, cousins, brothers, sisters, friends. I mean, you know, it'll it'll change everything. Right. So most of the people that I've that I've come across with money, mm-hmm. now that I'm retired and on a uh, fixed <laughs> a income, com- a completely different gig for yeah. life, that ain't happening anymore. So let that be broadcast. <laughs> But most of the now people, when I need it, I was just going to hit you after the episode. Wow! Most of the people that I that I um, um, willingly and and truly in a loving fashion came across with money for, I would say eighty five ninety percent never. Not only did they did they never make a gesture to pay it back, but mm. then 
Anytime I text or called them, they went radio silent on me, you know? And wow. it's like, really? Like, you know, it's like, do you, you, you think so little of yourself that you can't even engage me? I'm not calling you for the fucking money. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever. I was, you know, called one person for advice about, you know, construction in my car and, I, and it never called me back. It's like, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. John, I always say tough times will really show who your friend, the fabric of your relationships. When you're going through tough times, uh, you know, it's amazing. I, you know, it took me two years, but I built a house uh, when I was a youngster, a house of my dreams for my family. Oh, we used to have parties there. I mean, 50, 100 people coming in on the deck outside. And then when you go through tough times and you're calling people, the guess go-go what? years. Yeah, the go-go years. That, that, that phone, you're leaving messages. All of a sudden, nobody's coming to party anymore. It's like that blues song that I love. I love it all from beginning to end, but I like Eric Clapton's version. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. Mm. Nobody. Nobody knows you when you're down and out. Yeah. It is It is true. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Before you alkalize, John, I would just say people... You know, uh, rely on yourself for most of your issues, right or wrong, John. Look within, and you always say that, look within. Look yeah. within yourself. You can get out of any struggle if you if you really, really want to and need to. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, there's there's two ways, and I do want to I do want to impress upon the viewers. There are two ways to look at turning to people when you need advice who can you turn to uh, you need a helping hand and there's the the, the three-dimensional way in other words the stuff that's in your mundane world it's friends and family it's you know maybe your bud that is uh, an auto mechanic and you need advice about something or whatever you know, you have to live your life and you have to go to the people that are at arm's length or just a, a, a phone call shout out away. You have to. But remember who you are and where the rubber really meets the road is how much you learn from your experiences and how much you're putting in that spiritual bank and how experienced your higher self is. And you may find that your higher self is so experienced that it can leave you in the third dimension in the dust. Why? Because you've been around over and over and over again. You've had more than one lifetime, and you may actually be living simultaneous lives over and over again. You've heard me say this because it is true that the universe is, is multidimensional. Last night, guess where I was? I was in Montreal, mm. Montreal, the city of my heart. That's a chapter in my book. And I was devastated in Montreal that it was time to leave. It was time to leave. It was like my time there was up and I had to go. I was sobbing in the dream. I was sobbing to my father and my mother and another family member who I can't place who it was. I have said it before. Montreal is the city of my heart. And... Um, I believe I'm living a parallel life in another dimension in the city that represents Montreal. I, I, I'm not kidding. So, um, 
start trying to channel your higher self. A channel means that there's just an open connection between you and the other side, the other dimensions, the spirit world. Uh, take channeling seriously. I think that there are some charlatans out there on the internet that are just doing it because they can't do anything else and, and they reached some success monetizing maybe their, their channel. But I think you'll know who the real channelers are. So, tonight when you go home, go into your room, go in the bedroom, put the kids away, shut the TV, you know, turn the cell phone on silent for a while and sit on your bed and say some heartfelt prayers and meditate a little bit. And all that really means is picture in your mind, use your God-given creativity to reach out to your higher self. Picture a council of elders in robes and, you know, maybe they have got white hair and because it just metaphorically shows that they're aged. They've been around for, they've been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So have you, my friends, not in this skin, but your spirit has been around because we don't die. And talk to them and say, listen, I'm here for a purpose. You know my purpose. You have my life's scroll on the table. Open it. I need your help. Please, I need your help. Speak to your higher self. Get used to asking your higher self for help because ultimately your higher self is the ultimate go-to. That's it. That's Great. all I really wanted to say. Great job, John. All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching us on the Jersey Alchemist. If you like what we're doing, press like and subscribe and tell your friends. That's right. Until next time, peace.